this means less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. Nick, we are hopping in straight into this as my headphones decided to break. So we're doing through just... By the way, if you're interested in recording any podcast, use the Anchor app, download it now, fast app out there. But Nick, Nick how are we doing? Uh, I was thinking about it today. I can't believe how quick of a turnaround we are in right now uh, because tomorrow we have college football. Tomorrow we have an ACC game uh, with Louisville UCF. And it feels like I just watched Louisville got des- getting destroyed by Syracuse on Saturday. I'm guessing it's because we had college football up all the way till Monday and you and I recorded on Tuesday and it would was- been a quick turnaround for sure. I can't believe we are already in week two, but um, nuts. But I'm I'm good. Um, you know, I'm just ready for another week, man. Uh, I can't wait to go break down this slate. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. There's actually college football on right now. UT Martin versus Missouri State, top twenty matchup in the FCS. So next up, sleeping on the FCS, but. I'm good. I'm good. Excited. Uh, actually hosting an ACC volleyball team. Clemson's volleyball team's playing in our facility all weekend. So getting a little ACC taste this weekend. Probably going to Boston College at Virginia Tech at 8 o'clock on Saturday, pending weather. Might be pouring down rain. So might watch that from the comforts of the home if it is pouring down rain. But other than that, I'm, I'm just kind of ready for getting back, back into football. Quick turnaround, and it's going to be very underrated slate and very exciting, but not in a, not in a I guess the word, what's the word? We have a lot of really good appetizers, I would say, this weekend. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, Micah, I have two things I want to bring up to you before the slate. What, what is so, it? Wh- what's up? What is it? What are oh. the two things? All right, so... Let's see. What do I want to start off with first? Okay. I think the people want to know. The first one is, Micah, the people want to know. We had a comment on our Twitter page uh, when we we released uh, Tuesday's podcast. Why do you not like West Virginia in the ACC? I think you've explained it before, and I disagree with you 100%. But I, I want you to lay out your opinions why you don't like West Virginia in the ACC. One, we don't burn couches in the ACC. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I think – so the first, first reason is the current status of college athletics. We live in a world where the ACC's Achilles heel, but also its strongest asset, is having a long-term contract. You add West Virginia, that contract can be null and void now. So you're basically playing the test of, do we add West Virginia to potentially lose Clemson? Do we add West Virginia to potentially lose Florida State? It ain't fucking worth it. (laughs) That's the first reason. But the second reason, I think, honestly, the most important reason is West Virginia, in a splitting of revenue standpoint, does not add value. I don't think it devalues the ACC, because I don't think West Virginia is a bad brand. But when West Virginia joined the Big 12, The Big 12's cut did not grow much more. That's why Oklahoma and Texas have left. It's not worth that added value. Yes, 
it now means West Virginia gets to play Pitt and Virginia Tech every single season under what I would assume would be assigned rivalries. That's really cool. As a college football fan, I would love that. But West Virginia versus, like, when West Virginia was playing, like, Miami and stuff back in the old Big East days, it never made much sense. So why is it going to make sense now? How does, like, West Virginia NC State, sure, it's a cool matchup, I guess. I mean, if you're a West Virginia fan, I can understand why you want to be in the ACC. The regional matchups of NC State, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Virginia, so on and so forth, way more enticing than KU, Kansas State, Texas Tech. Obviously, Cincinnati's joining, so that probably might become your, your new biggest rival. West Virginia-Louisville was always a fun Big East matchup. So I understand that kind of draw, but... In terms of the world we live in, I am not losing what what the ACC has to add a brand that doesn't actually really do much. And no offense, West Virginia, you're not very good anymore. You're not, like, West Virginia is living, literally is Virginia Tech in a nutshell. They're going back to the past. Steve Satan's gone, guys. I was seven or eight when he was doing his thing. <laughs> He's gone. Pat White, gone. <laughs> Like, unfortunately, that's not West Virginia anymore. And, you know, basketball, they're not the powerhouse they were under uh, Beeline and, and Huggins. I mean, in terms of when they were peaking with Huggins. Like, they're not that powerhouse anymore. So I just don't see the added value, air quotes, that they, they think they bring to the table for a conference that already needs help. <laughs> and, again, when it comes to long-term deal, that's kind of our saving grace right now for the ACC. Without that, who knows what they are? Like the AC, like the risk you play to get West Virginia in, but then losing Clemson or Florida State or Miami ain't worth it. Not not even remotely close to worth it. And like you know, at the end of the day, West Virginia. And I'm being very frank when I say this: it's better for you in football to stay in the Big Twelve. Nick, I'm sure you saw the announcement of the new college football playoff format. Six automatic qualifiers to the top six ranked conference champions. West Virginia has a better chance of winning the Big 12 every year than it does the ACC every year. So with that in mind, that's probably your best bet. So that's my reasoning behind all of that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of remember your reasoning, and you have a lot of fair reasonings. I mean – if you were to seriously consider West Virginia to be brought into the ACC, you know, there is a potential risk of Clemson, Florida State, or Miami going to the SEC or Carolina and Virginia. I mean, there were the Big Ten rumors earlier in the summer. I think that lasted for like a week. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right. Uh, as much as we both would love it, like the rivals, because the ACC does have great rivals, NC State, North Carolina, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Virginia, Virginia Tech. But if you bring in West Virginia, you get the backyard ball draft, West Virginia, and, and they're old Big East rivals, you know, with Louisville, mm -hmm. Syracuse, not so much Miami. But uh, Virginia Tech, even Virginia, that could be a fun rivalry. But in the long term, it would – and you're also right. I didn't even think about how – and that that's what my next question is, Micah, or my next topic. I think that was a great transition there, is uh, West Virginia would benefit more staying in the Big 12 and having a better shot at a new – 
which, which leads me to my question for you, Micah. This kind of broke, I think, Sunday night or Monday morning. I can't really remember. Uh, we were still involved with, you know, three more ACC schools playing, so we didn't talk about it last podcast. Uh, but what do you think? What do you think about the uh, 12-team playoff expansion? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you think it was too much? Do you like the four? Uh, I have my opinions, and I've listened to a lot of people's takes, uh, but I want to hear what you think about a 12-team uh, playoff system. I think what they came up with is what's best for college football. I think considering what we've been looking at, the doomsday scenario, we just guaranteed the Pac-12 is still going to be a thing. We just guaranteed the ACC is still going to be a thing. It's going to be weird. And in a way, like, I think it's funny, Oklahoma, Texas, like, one of the one of the podcasts I listened to, I think it was a Cover 3 podcast, but I'm not sure, one of them mentioned how Cincinnati may have just played themselves by moving to the Big 12. <laughs> they would have stayed in the ACC, AAC, excuse me, and they could have ran that and probably would have had a playoff spot every year if they won that conference. Right. But That's a good point. I, I, I think it's great because – I think what happened was Commissioner Sankey, Commissioner Delaney, a.k.a. the two biggest commissioners, the Big Ten and the SEC, realized that at the end of the day, the money that they would get by having those schools, like if they had, you know, kind of almost eaten the other conferences or not done the automatic qualifiers, all that stuff, would almost actually be less than if they just let those schools in because... Now there's following. If you're an Oregon State fan, or heck, again, you and I, Nick, Pitt, or not Pitt, what am I saying? Virginia and NC State. You and I can both look at each other and go, our team is, you know, 10-1 at the end of the season. We win our conference, we're in the playoff. We're going to be watching that. We're going to be more intrigued by what's going on in Tuscaloosa or in Athens or in Knoxville. Because we're going to be like our teams in the playoff race. We might play them. You're more in tuned with it than you are if you feel like your team is just being told to go screw itself. So you've increased the value of that. And then you've increased again. Like, And we all know in a 12-team playoff where six at-large bids, there's a damn good chance five of those six are going to go to the SEC and Big Ten every single season. So they're still going to get a giant piece of the pie. So it's not like they're that completely screwed, you know. <laughs> you look at the top 12 right now, you've got probably, I think, five of those teams are Big Ten. Sorry, six of those teams are Big Ten SEC. But guess what? Now there's an excitement. Like, if you're a fan of UTSA, win the conference today. Or hell, this is, this is a perfect example. I was just at Old Dominion this weekend. Old Dominion Super Bowl was beating Virginia Tech. With the new playoff format, they have a good 11-1 season, 12-1 season, win the conference USA. That program can be storming the field because they just clinched a playoff spot. So it's a really great thing for the sport. Yeah, I agree. Great. Um, it opens a lot of new things for those middle-tier programs that where we have our peaks. Mine was, in, I guess, for NC State back in the early 2000s with Phillip Rivers. Uh, yours was not too long ago beating Virginia Tech. I know you pro probably would have made the playoff. Well, no, you would have been consistent. What where were you guys when you went to the Orange Bowl against Florida? What were you ranked? I mean, we were we we were like 20 22nd, 23rd. Okay, that's we I wouldn't thought. have we would we would have made the playoffs, 
But we would have gone into the ACC championship game going if we win. Like, the problem with that year was we as Virginia fans knew win or lose, we were going to the Orange Bowl. Because Clemson, because if we beat Clemson, Clemson's probably out of the playoffs. But because we won the ACC, we automatically get to go to the Orange Bowl. Clemson doesn't get to jump us, even though they're higher ranked. So it was kind of like win or lose, we're going to Miami. Right. So, like, there would have been some extra... Like, I didn't go to Charlotte because it would have cost me so much money from Florida after I had just gone up for Blacksburg to, for the Virginia Tech game in Charlottesville. But, like, if I would have known, hey, we win, there's a chance we're making the playoffs, my ass would have been in Charlotte. I promise you that. Right. <laughs> so, you know, there's that kind of value to what that can bring, just knowing that your team can be playing for a spot in the playoff comparatively to, you know, again, like, Ooh, yay! Difference is they're gonna go to Pasadena either way, or you know whatever it might be. So that's where that value comes from, and I think it's great for the ACC because you know the ACC at the end of the day wanted wanted their grant of rights. They wanted a long-term deal. They didn't want after what happened with Maryland. They did not want someone to leave again. And now they're gonna be able to actually survive that because of what financially they gain from having access to the playoffs still. So I think it's a good all-around saving grace for the sport. So I'm pumped about it. Hope I hope most people feel that way too, because I don't see really much negativity to it. Yeah, I think when you look at it as the conference of the ACC, uh, a, t- a conference that is kind of you know not on thin ice like we thought we were back in the early summer when uh, USC and UCLA decided to jump ship to the Big. It kind of saves it because I could see two, sometimes three ACC teams making the playoff. Like if this were to happen this year with the 12th, you could pencil in, you know, Clemson and maybe NC State or Miami. Or whoever, maybe even Wake. Um, the only problem that I heard, that I saw was, or that that's in my head really, I think we need an expansion, but I think we are not going to see the level of competition, that gap that we're seeing right now, close in the next few years. So what I'm saying is if we had expanded it to six or eight, I, there, there, there is a gap, but not that much of a wide, wide of a gap when it comes to competition on the field. I mean, hell, we just saw number three – destroy number 11 49 to three like that's the gap right now but i think once this 12 team playoff format starts and you get a couple years in you're gonna have and i i love brandon the 12 team but he opened my eyes when i heard about this that you can open up to recruits like hey those recruits that are going to alabama ohio state and georgia all the time they're getting all the five stars you could be a program like oregon go into texas or they're already recruiting in california and saying hey you know we only need to be number 12 and up to go to the playoff and we could use someone like you to take this program to the next step I think it will even out the playing field for schools one through 12. 
I would have liked it to see one through eight or maybe one through six so that we're not getting, like, teams destroyed in bad games. I mean, I'm not going to watch it. But I think in the long term, we will see that happen within the next, you know, eight years, seven, eight years. I think it will be good for the sport. And I think this – this you're right, Mike. I didn't even think about it. It will help the ACC. It will save the ACC if we keep bringing in money with two or three teams that always make it and help. Maybe a maybe a champion. I mean, if Clemson wins it or State or Pitt down the road, I mean that's huge for the conference. State winning a title. Calm down, kid. Calm down. Let's pump the brakes here. Hey, hey, hey. I'm being optimistic. Okay. You do realize, I mean, I understand the cultural playoffs not part of the NCAA, but calm down, kid. Calm down. <laughs> but, no, again, it, it's and it's good for the sport. And the, the, the gap's never going to change. And also, too, I mean, everyone's losing their marbles over this Oregon-Georgia game. Preseason polls should not count. Like, <laughs> Oregon's probably not a top 15 team, guys. Like, they're probably not. But they have brands, so they were top 15. Like, there are a lot of teams that we clearly, like, a Kansas State team, in my opinion, is better than Oregon. But yet, Kansas State is not ranked, and Oregon was a number 12 team, 11 team in the preseason poll. So, you know, that's how that works. But, anyways, enough of that, in my opinion, because we have a full slate we got to cover here, Nick, and we're already 20, 30 minutes deep, probably. I haven't really been looking, but we're 18 minutes deep. So, we got to talk ACC football. So, Nick, we got to start Friday night, Louisville, going to the bounce house. Two of my good friends are going to be there. Shout out Thomas Nemec, shout out CFB Campus Tour Mike. Both are going to be at the bounce house. I was so pumped for this game a week and a half ago, Nick. Man, I mean, I'm so excited for it because at the end of the day, I'm going to be up for it. I still am optimistic on this Malik Cunningham-led team. But, man, did it lose its luster after that performance in, in Syracuse this past weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was in the same boat with you because, you know, Louisville was my dark horse. Um, and it, it's like, dude, we both picked Syracuse to win that game, but we didn't expect, like, an ass whipping. And UCF, I don't know where they are with Gus Malzahn in year two. But hopefully it's not as bad as last year with his with his year one. But I'm not feeling too good about Louisville heading down there. I mean, they did they they barely beat UCF last year, and that was at home. Like, dude, I have a bad feeling. I'm going from Louisville being my dark horse team to Scott Satterfield not finishing the season. Like he starts this season off 0 and two. I mean, damn, that airport, thank goodness it's close because you're not going to have to travel far. Yeah, no, I'm thinking the same thing. I mean, I think if they lose this game, like if if what happened on on Saturday at the Dome happens at the bounce house tomorrow night, I think he should be fired then. Probably. Like, you, you know me, Nick. I'm not the type of guy that goes, fire, fire, fire. But he almost left. He's been flying. I appreciate his honesty, to be honest, about like, yeah, I looked at another job. Everyone effing does it. Let's calm down on that, people. But there's, like, it works both ways. I respect you for doing that, 
But there are going to be consequences for being like, yeah, I was looking at leaving. That's life. Like, you know, and, and again, for the, like this team, again, this team's not a win the ACC Atlantic type team. But this team is better than that. Like, if, it, if it's getting blown out, again, if they lose a close, right now the spread's five and a half. If they lose, if they cover, or even if they lose by a touchdown, fine. Like, let's see how this plays out. But if they go in and lose 38-7 or whatever it was at the Dome this past weekend, they got to go. Like, he's got, like, it's, like, I understand they have that top recruit, but I don't want to be that guy. That top recruit's probably coming because of NIL money. Like, let's, I think it's an, I, th- I think he liked Coach Satterfield, so maybe he was able to, they were able to get a little bit of a bargain for him. But I know Louisville pulled out the back for that. Louisville is probably one of the more underrated NIL programs in college athletics right now. They have the money. I mean, heck, they lost Papa John's and still have enough money to probably pull in a top five recruit every year if they really wanted to, if they can drop the bag enough. So, yeah, I'm going to be honest, Nick. I, I don't think Louisville's winning this one. I don't know if I would have been picking them even after, even before that performance, but... Yeah, this is uh, this is like a. I, I do think they're gonna play it close though. I, I'm feeling like a 31-24 type game. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. I don't. I mean, that team just looked bad. The O line looked bad. Malik Cunningham looked way bad. Um, I think they they have a good offensive game, but I think it's just not enough. I think UCF wins this game 30 to 23. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be tough. But you know what? It's all good, Nick, because after a frustrating Friday night, we have a fantastic app. Like, our noon slate in the ACC is like, I don't know, there's a restaurant here in town in Kingsport, Tennessee, and I will not say the name, no free advertisement, plus I don't want to insult them. Their entree menu, kind of shit to be completely frank with you. But their appetizers are fire. I mean, fried pickles, fried okra. I'm talking loaded nachos. I'm talking loaded tots, buffalo chicken tots. Like, their appetizers are their entrees. That is what this noon slate is in the ACC this weekend, in my opinion. Just absolutely beautiful. I mean, we get a Conference USA defense and a top five offense in North Carolina going to Turner Field, or as the artist formerly known as Turner Field, to play another Sunbelt team on the road and make that make sense. We've got Southern Miss going to Miami, and hopefully we continue to see Tyler Van Dyke blow up. We've got the Battle of the Nerds. we got a nerd off in Evanston with Duke and Northwestern. And then we get another nerd off mixed with Daddy's Money and Wake Forest and Vanderbilt at noon. I mean, chef's kiss, man. Like, none of those games are going to fill you up, but the combination of those four, dude, that, that, that's, a five, that's, that's a fine dining if I've ever heard it. I mean... You're putting a lot of emphasis on it, but it is, when you really look at it, it is pretty exciting, but which one do you want to start first? Or, like, do you have, like, any any wild takes within that noon slate? Here's what I'm thinking. 
this is completely off the cusp. We never even talked about this is planned or scripted. I want us to rank those top those four games. Rank them from one first. Give you some time. My brain's already been thinking about it in terms of what you want to watch. Number four for me is Southern Miss Miami, just because it has the least amount of. I think it has the least potential. Any excitement, and if it does have excitement, it means Miami's probably crapping the bed. And I really don't want to see free. I think it's Wake and Vandy. I know that sounds tough. That's how much I like this slate. I'm hoping that with Salmon in the offense, you can see Mitch Griffiths by the fall. So, this would be really big. I, mean, I know it's Vanderbilt, but when was the last time we talked about Wake Forest going on the road to beat a Power Five team outside the ACC? It's not very often that happens. So that would be really cool to see that happen. Two has got to be the Battle of the Nerds. Good old Duke versus Northwestern. Want to see how Duke stacks up because Northwestern's coming off a bye. So they're 1-0, only wins Nebraska. Duke could get killed. Duke could be competitive. It'll be uh, an interesting one to say the least. And then my favorite's got to be UNC Georgia State. Nick, just remember in all of our preseason pods, guess who said? I thought it was more likely for UNC to lose at Georgia State than an app. I still kind of feel that way. I think with this offense, they're going to be able to outscore Georgia State. But it's going to be a good crowd there. That's a great place to watch a game. If you're a UNC fan listening, you get a chance to shoot over there this weekend. Honestly, no disrespect to Georgia Tech, but I'd rather go watch a game at Georgia State than at Georgia Tech. I love that place. That's a great – the way they have it set up from old Turner Field is awesome. But, anyways, those are my four favorite from one to four. What are you feeling, Nick? So I'm this, with you on Because, again, this is that challenge where, you know, some people aren't as lucky as me to have four or five screens going at one time. You got to pick and choose where your screens are going. So, anyways, I'll let you go now. Well, unfortunately, my screen will not be on any of these because uh, I'm watching Texas, Alabama. So... Uh, you're I'm watching. Really- oh, you're watching. Yep, guys. <laughs> this, this just in. Nick has been kicked off the podcast. Co-host I, here. Honestly, in the why next- are they putting that game at noon? Why? My question is, why the hell are you watching it? Do you like watching teams get bent over? I'm interested to see how Quinn Ewers will do. Oh my gosh! You know, you know how you can watch that on the Sports Center highlights for the five picks he throws in the first half. <laughs> or 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 how he plays a pretty good game, but he kind of has this thing called B. John Robinson and blank. Or dot, 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 dot. I know. So, I, I will be watching the – I'll probably be watching the weight game. But anyway, I'm with you on four. Um, unless, like, Miami is, you know, pooing their, themselves in the bed, Miami should have no problem taking care of business against Southern Miss. They did last year. And uh, they will again this year. Uh, three for me, I'm going to go Duke Northwestern um, because I'm interested to see how Mike Elko will do against Northwestern. Uh, they're both boring brands of football. Uh, I think Northwestern is a little bit better than people expected them to be. Uh, but we'll see. Uh it will be interesting to see Duke on the road there for sure. Um, two, I have UNC and Georgia State. Uh, 
Uh, I'm interested. That's number two because, like, this has to be the game where UNC has to figure out the defense or else if they don't, they're going to get slaughtered in the ACC. Like, I'm not even joking. They are lucky to be 2-0 and right now. Very lucky. So, I don't know how good Georgia State is going to be this year. I mean, they were kind of in it with South Carolina, and South Carolina is kind of on the up and up uh, going into the season. So, we'll see. But if North Carolina, if they can't figure out the defense against Georgia State in week three for them, week three, um, it's going to be a tough one for the rest of the season, for sure. And then one is Wake Vandy. Um, A, I'm kind of interested to see. I have boots on the ground for myself. One of, uh, I guess, friends who used to work for my parents and I, uh, he's going to the game. He's a Wake student. I asked him, let me know if there are more Wake fans than there are Vanderbilt fans, because I think – Besides when Wake goes to Duke, I think that's a shot where Wake fans could show up in an opposing team stadium. So that would be pretty cool to see. And then, obviously, like, I'm excited for Sam Hartman. Uh, I want to see how he does. Um, I, I hope you're right that by the fourth quarter, Mitch Griffiths is, Mitch Griffiths is in. Um, and I'm also interested on how Wake will do against – I mean, I guess a pretty good offense so far in Vanderbilt. I mean, they put up 60 points against Hawaii and then 50 points against Elon. I know they both stink. They're both awful. But a 2-0 and Vanderbilt team kind of interested me a little bit because usually we're talking about Vandy, which we don't, but they're always 0-2 by this time. They always lose to, like, San Jose State or Colorado State by the end of week one. But they're 2-0. and Um and I want to see how Wake do, Wake, Wake's defense does against a more truer opponent. I think this is going to be like one of their first tests. Uh, there's a lot of Wake staff, a former Wake staff on Vanderbilt staff now. Um, so that also piques my interest a little bit more. But this will be kind of the first little test for Wake with a Vanderbilt team that we didn't really see coming all that much starting off 2-0. and I mean, maybe we did with the matchups, but how they've been putting up points is kind of impressive. So that's my number one. I like it. I like it. So that leads me then to having us to pick the games. We'll go off your order. So your number four, of course, was Southern Miss in Miami, as was mine. I'm assuming we're rocking with Miami. Does Miami cover 25, though, Nick? I think Miami will cover the 25. I like it. I like it. I agree with you there. I believe your number three was Duke Northwestern as well. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. We got Northwestern as a 10.5 point favorite. Give me the Dukies to cover, but I think Northwestern wins. I agree with you. Give me Duke to cover. Uh, I think it's low scoring and Northwestern wins. But Duke, I think, will cover for sure. I like it. I like it. Next up, UNC Georgia State. Over under of 64 and a half. Uh, give me the over just by North Carolina alone. Um, can't believe the over under is only at 64 and a half here. North Carolina is a seven point favorite on the road. Give me them. Ooh. Seven is that number I think it's going to be. So I think it's going to be a bust. But give me UNC or give me Georgia State to cover. You know what? I think it's more likely that it's tighter than UNC blows them out. 
But I think UNC does win that game. How about you, Nick? Um, I think I think Georgia State is a lesser opponent than App State, so I'm going to give Carolina the benefit of the doubt, and I think they cover that seven uh, pretty, pretty handily when it comes to the fourth quarter. Interesting. All right. And then the last game, Wake, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite – or, excuse me, favorite underdog. I'm going to go Vandy to cover and Wake to win. I think there's too much emphasis on Sam being back. I know that's strange. But, guys, he hasn't been playing football for a month. Vanderbilt's rolling. I think – I like, I have friends that work – for the for Vanderbilt, this is going to be potentially one of their largest Vanderbilt crowds in a long time, and I know that's not a huge deal. But Nick, you understand it. You've been the true. You were there, I'm sure, during the truest field when Wake was just starting to come back up, or you noticed people were coming back. And like, was it a crazy like you got to write about? Was Big Game Boomer going to rank it as his number one atmosphere? No. But is it going to be one of those atmospheres you're going to want to talk about? And be impressed by? I think so. So I think that's going to be helpful for Vandy. I think what uh, Clark, Clarkley, 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 yeah, Clarkley for Vanderbilt is doing is going to be, yeah, like, Clarkley is trying to be very similar to Dave Clawson. Very similar. And I love that. I, I'm, I'm, I, you, Vanderbilt has a fan in me. Hope I don't have them win this weekend, but I'll be cheering for them the rest of the season after this weekend. So I hope that it's a good game. I think it will be. I think, and I think in a way, Nick, it might not be the worst thing for Wake to play a game close just to kind of relight that fire. I mean, not saying that they're overlooking or cocky or anything like that, but I don't know if you've been watching the national news in college football realm, but everyone's like, Sam Hartman's back, Wake Forest is back. Maybe they need that reminder that, hey, no offense, you're still little old Wake Forest. Your athletes are not the recruits of teams you're playing this season. But your scheme and your effort is better. So that could be a good reminder for them. To remind them, you've got to come out and play your best every weekend. And when you do, you can win. But you have to kind of keep that in mind. So I think Vandy keeps it close. But what about you? Uh, I think it's a two-score game, but I think Vandy will cover. mainly Not because I think Wake is going to be like, keep – Wake won't keep it close, or Vandy won't keep it close, but uh, mainly because I don't know anything about Wake's defense. Like, it was one of the worst in the ACC, um, and I'm interested to see how the defense will stack up. So, it couldn't, can't be any worse, but I still think Vandy can put up points. I mean, they look different. Vandy looks different. Uh, so I think it. I think Wake will win by like ten or eleven, but Vandy will cover. Yeah, and I think what's good too is, like you said, this game kind of gives me the Army game vibes as last year. Yeah, we're like, yeah. We're like, we're like, you never felt like Wake Forest was actually going to lose that football game, but you could never turn it off because you're like, well, something weird could happen, and then we're in a tie ball game. So that's kind of where my head's at. Maybe again, more on the ten point. Like I think this could be one of those games where. Wakes up 10, and then it's down to 3, and then wakes back up to 10, and then maybe Wake goes to 17, but then Vandy scores to make it to 10, and then goes back. Like, it's going to be one of those games where I think Wake will probably have the lead most of the game, if not all of it, but you'll never go, this game's over. So that's where my head's at with this one. 
I 100% agree with you. That's the kind of vibe I'm getting up from this game, too. All right. Well, we got 12.30 and 3.30. Your NC State Wolfpack take on the Charleston Southern Buccaneers. Uh, the real F- FBS Buccaneers are in East Tennessee State, so shout out you posers. But then on the flip side, we've got Furman and Clemson. Clemson, all I ask, do not hurt anybody, but I hope that you hurt the feelings of Furman because my beloved East Tennessee State Buccaneers will be hosting Furman next week. So it would be very nice if they were demoralized by Clemson. Um, Nick, instead of playing who wins or even spread game, which of these two games is going to be a bigger blowout, Clemson and Furman or NC State, uh, Charleston Southern? Just a friendly reminder, Furman is actually a much better FCS team as well. So I think we should know what your answer is going to be. But, Nick, which one of these games will be worse? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the NC State game is going to be worse. But I don't know. What is the spread with Furman-Clemson? Do you know? Well, I can look. They don't ever post it on CBS Sports. Because a lot of times with these FCS matches, they wait till the day of. But I spawn. do know Furman. Furman likes these matchups. They it play is South Forty-four and a half. Oh wow! So it's more than State Charleston Southern. They uh, they must have. They, I, I bet you what it is is they're like, yeah, DJ Uyungle will have them up twenty-eight. And then Kate Klubnick will come in and drop like a fifty burger. <laughs> yeah. No, but but no, I, I I would say that if we're talking teams most likely to cover, it's Furman. And then if we're talking obviously best game, it's probably NC State or sorry, Furman Clemson as well in terms of watchability. But again, I don't expect much from it. So Yeah. Um my only thing I so I think I I, I like to believe that Furman is a more better quality of team. Uh, they they always seem to be in it in the FCS. Um, my only thing about either of these two games is the quarterbacks. Uh, DJ kind of struggled in the first half against Georgia Tech. Obviously, Devin he struggled. He, he was decent the first half, but struggled a lot in the second half of the ECU game. So. If these two quarterbacks can be consistent and break out against very much lesser opponents, that's a good sign moving forward, especially for NC State. Like if NC State drops 50 or 55 and they cover with ease and Charleston Southern doesn't even get like 10 points on the board, like State fans can breathe a sigh of relief. Like, hey, we we know we just played Charleston Southern, but – I think we just knocked all the rust off. It was nice ebb and flow, and we're ready to go uh, into the next week. Um, so between these two teams, I'm looking at the two quarterbacks trying to knock off some of that rust. Thank it. All right. Time to move to what I would say is the best game of the week. We've For got sure. Tennessee at Pitt. Johnny Major's classic. Rest in peace, the legend. Pitt is a six-point dog. Oh, buddy. Oh, I've been talking so much trash all week here in the wonderful state of Tennessee. Give me Pitt. Give me Pitt, big. I know we need to talk this game, but I need to get that out because you do not make Pitt an underdog at the whatever it's called now. The ketchup bottle, as I will always call it. I'm still calling it Heinz no matter what. Like, you're telling me that the Pitt team, 
who is ranked higher, playing at home, has shown that they're a good football team, beat a much better West Virginia team. No offense to Ball State. West Virginia is much better than Ball State. Yes, Tennessee's got revenge on their mind, all that stuff. Yes, Pitt had to play an emotional game last week, so it's tough to rebound this week. Come on. Pitt, mine, like, plus six? If Pitt's the six-point favorite, sure, give me the Vols here. But this game's going to come down to a field goal. Or it's going to be a touchdown late. But again, I, you, you, no, give me Pitt. But, Nick, this game, like, I guess let's talk this. Instead of, again, I, I know we've always done previews in the past, but I think that's kind of been repetitive. So many podcasts that do that. Let's just talk what this game means for the ACC. Does Pitt losing this game in Tennessee completely destroy the reputation of the, of the ACC? But then on the flip side, here's my one tidbit argument that I think would make this game huge for the ACC. If Pitt wins this game, the ACC is now 2-0 against SEC teams as underdogs. And 2-0 in general. But 2-0 and as underdogs. So this could really... Wake? That is true. Wade takes care of Vandy. Granted, that's not an underdog game. But yes, that would only continue to build the, the narrative for the ACC to go, but I thought the SEC was daddy. So, you know, I think this is huge for that reason. I'm excited to watch Akita and Slovis. But like, that's back-to-back weeks where Pitts had fun quarterback matchups between JT Daniels and Keaton Slovis and now Hennett Hooker and, and Keaton Slovis. But Tennessee's defense is not supposed to be very good, and they got tested, and by tested, I mean they didn't face anything. Ball State's going to have one of the worst offenses in the entire country this year. They lost everybody. Last year, Ball State's team barely limped to a bowl game. That was their best offense in school history, and they lost eight of their 11 starters. And in a max school, when you lose that type of starters, you really fall behind the eight ball. So this is one of those things where I don't think the Tennessee fans understand that beating Ball State 59-7 to or whatever it was, was really that big of a deal. So I love that Pitt's an underdog here. I mean, Pat Narduzzi was literally on, I think it was Jim Rome maybe this week, already going, here we go again, everybody's doubting us, you know. I guess beating West Virginia means nothing nowadays. And I'm like, you know what? I agree. And like that Pitt-West Virginia game, Pitt was in control for most of that game. You know, so even when Pitt was playing its worst, the fact that it still got the win should tell you what that team's level is if they're playing at their potential. But Nick, what, what is your thoughts on this game in terms of the grand scheme of the ACC? And what are you thinking? How do you think this game plays out? Uh... Man, grand scheme of the ACC, let's see. I mean, I think – I mean, if Wake beats Vandy, then so far – and Pitt loses Tennessee, we're 2-1, and one, right? And then we'll have rivalry week with three other teams or three other games, and two of them I'm kind of confident that we'll win. Uh, yeah, I'm saying that Florida State can beat Florida this year. Um, I don't know because like Pitt beat went down to Tennessee last year, so I don't know if it's a lot of emphasis 
and the grand scheme, big things on the grand scheme of things. I'm hoping Pitt wins because you know how I said last week how basically what I'm saying is Tennessee fans are nuts and they know that this is the game where it's going to make or break their season. They can get revenge on Pitt and start off 2-0 and and they're already number 24. If they can knock off 17, they're thinking, oh man, like we have a chance against Georgia, which they don't. They don't. Stop kidding yourselves. But they will think that. I would love it if Pitt could just demoralize them. That would be so awesome. And I like Tennessee. I do. I love Knoxville. It's a nice little city. Um, but, I, Micah, of all the games this week, this is the one where I really don't know how I feel of who's going to win. I, I don't. Like, the line is confusing. Pitt plus six at home, and you're ranked higher, and they beat a better team than Tennessee did last week. I I am lost on this one. Uh, I think for now, I mean, I don't want to go back on my word because I said Tennessee would win this game and get revenge, but Pitt looked – like, that offense looked so good last week. Did you pick? I'm sorry. Did you pick Pitt straight up? Uh, yes, I am. Gonna, I'm gonna rock, rock with my ACC boys. You know what, dude? I'm gonna, I'm gonna join you because it would be awesome if they could be three, if the ACC could be three and zero against the SEC this year. I, Pitt, Pitt has changed my mind about them. I think they, they're better than what I thought. I really do, and. Tennessee, I think they're good. I think they could be an eight, nine win team this year, but I think Pitt's got it. I think the home field crowd, we saw how they could be last week against West Virginia, and now they got Tennessee coming to town. Dude, give me Pitt. I'm feeling it. I'm I'm feeling Pitt right now. Let me cue up my favorite song. Rocky Flop, you'll always be. Bottom of the SEC, good old Rocky Flop, woo, Rocky Flop, Tennessee. I see that in the parking lot of a mall in Kingsport, Tennessee, so hopefully no one heard me. I'm not about to get jumped, but yeah, I'm. this game is going to be awesome. I'm a little sad that it's the 3.30 window just because selfishly my three favorite teams all play at 4 o'clock, so that makes it a little bit harder to focus on this game, but Nonetheless, it will be a great one. But that leads us to the transition of the next one. Four o'clock, my Virginia Cavaliers head to Champaign, Illinois. In a beautiful blue and orange matchup. Four o'clock on the ESPNU. Illinois, four-point favorite. I love that. I am so glad Virginia is not the favorite here. I'm walking away from Virginia with a lot of question marks about that defense. Indiana, or excuse me, Illinois is going to be pissed off after getting robbed. Like, they should have won that game. The refs literally screwed them out of that game against Indiana last weekend. Nick, I'm not sure if you saw all the terrible, like, no one even just won. There were multiple bad breaks for them that, like, a field goal that shouldn't have counted or extra point, you know, bad spot, bad this, bad that, bad call. Like, they overturned a play that shouldn't have been, like, literally cost them points. Like, awful, awful stuff. On for Illinois there in Bloomington, Illinois or Indiana, but 
at the same time, man, here we are. We're talking Virginia four-point dog. This is the Virginia team that quite literally made Illinois change their entire defensive scheme because they roasted them so bad last year. I think Burt's going to have them fired up to play this Virginia team. I still don't trust the Virginia defense, but I also don't look at Illinois as home run hitters on offense. So give me Virginia to cover and give me them to win outright. I don't feel great about it, but with Virginia being a dog, I feel a lot better than I would if they were favored. Dude. Give me Virginia all the way. Like, I don't think it's going to be like a bloodbath that it was last year, mainly because I think um, Illinois has gotten better. But, dude, Indy, Illinois should have won that game. Like, no one's debating that at all. No one is. But Indiana sucks. Like, that. Like they, they're terrible. I They, they had a good – 2020 season where I think they went six and two for eight games and everyone's on Indiana. They got exposed last year and they went three and nine or four and eight. Like Indiana stinks. The coach is going to be fired. Illinois though. I think it is building something. I think they could be a good team within the next couple of years. They're always starting to show glimpses of it. Um, But Dude, I give me Virginia to win this game. Like, they got the better quarterback. I think um, there are still some questions with the defense. I would have liked to see that been a uh, would have liked to see that improve last week, but I don't think it really was much. But hey, I I love Virginia. I picked them to win the Coastal. I know it was a right now not looking like a great pick, but they beat Illinois. At Illinois, that's huge. Um, give me Virginia. I think they win this game. Uh, I, I th- Micah, I think they win by like 10. I, I think Illinois might keep it close because I think they're building something there, but I think Virginia's got this. I hope so, man. I hope you're right. That leads us to the 7 o'clock slate. Syracuse heads to beautiful East Hartford, Connecticut. For a 7 o'clock kick on CBS Sports Network. Where, Nick, I understand it's UConn. But Syracuse is a 23-point road dog. Or, excuse me, favorite against an FBS team. I feel like I've never said that statement in my life. 23-point favorite on the road. I don't care if it's UMass, UConn, Idaho when they were FBS. That is awesome, man. That, like... I understand I might be playing way too much into that, but that gets me amped, man, to see Syracuse getting some respect. That's still not anything crazy, but this is the UConn team that put Utah State for three quarters. And I understand, yeah, it's Utah State. That's a pretty good Mountain West team. Granted, Alabama killed them, but let's just be real. Alabama's in a league of its own this season. (laughs) I hate to say it, probably Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State this year, and then whatever that four seed is, thanks thanks for trying. You know, but at the same time, I mean, like, I'm just excited to see what's if Syracuse can, like, if, if Syracuse does what they did to Louisville here in this situation, puts up a 40 spot, dude, you know how amped I'm going to be for Syracuse the rest of the year? 
that's going to be awesome. You know, I, I used to chirp Coach Robert and I a lot for some of the stuff he did at Virginia, especially throwing to a lineman against last year at Virginia Tech. Yes, I'm still angry about it. I'm not over it. That breakup was hard, okay? I am cheering for him, and I'm cheering for, for what he can do with Garrett Schrader. I hope it happens, man. Give me Syracuse to cover. You know what? Screw it. They cover by 40. I'm just feeling... I'm, I'm feeling a little orangey today. I had a little sun kiss float tonight for dessert. So, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling a little bit of orange in my life. So, give me Syracuse to cover a 25 or 23, whatever I said it was. I think it was 25. 23, excuse me, point spread. Jeez, man. You are high on them. Like, I think it's going to be a bloodbath, but for some weird reason, I have a feeling UConn might cover. Like, I'm take, obviously, I'm taking Syracuse to win this game. And I think they can pack out East Hartford for sure. Um, I 23 and a half, that's a lot. Now, I know they just killed Louisville, but they're not in the dome. Like, if they were in the dome, give me the spread 100%. But this UConn team, I know it's UConn and – you know, they're like the worst FBS team within the last five years, 100%. But they're starting something fresh, starting something new. They're actually a football team. They got a ton of transfers into that program from all Power 5 levels, which I think is great to start off a new coaching era, especially at UConn. They look like a real disciplined football team that wants to win. They looked good against Utah State for about a half and a quarter, and they won last week. I know it was East Connecticut, but still, like, you like to see that with a program. That wow. is- two, two things, Nick. We had to stop the UConn slander. This is the 2020 national champions, according to USA Today or whoever it was. You know, oh, Wall Street maybe, the Wall Street Journal. Or the Washington Post, one of those named UConn our national champion because, you know, they didn't play during the COVID season, so they were moral national champions, so respect to them. But also, too, it's Central Connecticut State, not Eastern. Show some respect, young man. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. They're, they're the Blue Devils. I know that. But I, I'm not woke, so I don't count them as national champs. <laughs> um, hey, man, that makes the civil conflict, that rivalry that doesn't exist between UConn and UCF even more interesting because – we got national champions all around in that game. Oh, yeah, that's true. Good point. Good point. I forgot about that. Um, no, I think Syracuse will handle this game with ease. I don't know if they cover, though. A 23-and-a-half is a lot. I think this UConn team, or UConn program, I should say, as a whole, is building something up again. They're, they're laying out the foundation right now, and I think they got a good coach. I think they got uh, some decent players from the transfer portal that have seen Power 5 competition before. So I don't think that they'll get slaughtered, but I think Syracuse will win this by, you know, three touch, 21 points. Uh, let's just take it at that. All right. I like it. Which is still a lot. I mean, I'm not hating on Syracuse at all. I think the Syracuse team is doing great, great things. I think they'll be a thorn in everybody's sides. They could be bowling for sure, but 23 and a half is a lot for me. 
Absolutely. I kind of agree with you there. The other 7 o'clock game on ESPN Plus. Yeah, that's how bad it is. The AC Network didn't even want it. Granted, obviously they have BC and Virginia. ESPN Plus is where Georgia Tech and West Carolina can be found. Or Western Carolina, excuse me. Here's what I have to say about that matchup. If Georgia Tech does not win this game by three scores, I love you, Jeff Collins. It might be time. It really might be time. Because Western Carolina, again, you're talking to a not SoCon expert, but again, when it comes to the SoCon, that is where ATSU is. When you are predicted last in my FCS conference and you are playing on the road against a Power 5 ACC team, my expectations for that team is to get blown out. I think if ETSU was rolling into Georgia Tech, I would expect Georgia Tech to at least win that game, and we were the number nine team or number eight team, excuse me, in the entire FCS. So, with that being said, if they can't get it done, that's alarming. That is very alarming. So, I, for the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to say Georgia Tech by four scores. And seven years ago, no, I'm just kidding, just by four scores, just because that's the only way I think Georgia Tech can continue to to believe in what they have with Jeff Collins. But, man, Nick, like, part of, like, I won't probably watch any of this game, especially because I hope to be in Blacksburg inside Lane Stadium at this point. But even if I'm at home, I probably won't throw it on. And I hope I have no reason to throw it on. Because <laughs> if not, we, we might have an interim coach for a while in, in Atlanta this season. Yeah, I agree. Like, it, it's not looking good. Like, it looked good there for about a half, and it looked like they were doing something special. But, you know, Jeff Collins, it would be – I would be saying something different if Georgia Tech was just straight up bad. But Jeff Collins really did expose himself in that Clemson game. The, the 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 timeouts, taking all three of them in the third quarter and not taking a timeout uh, towards the end of the first half when you had a chance to score and make it a one-score game going into half. Uh, I mean, if this isn't a blowout, Jeff Collins could be out the door, I agree with you, before the season ends. Like, I'm – I'm looking at Georgia Tech's schedule, and it's not pretty, dude. Like, they got to play Ole Miss. They got to go to UCF, which we don't even think Louisville can beat at beat UCF at UCF. They got to go to Pitt. They might be able to beat Duke if Jeff Collins is still there. Maybe Virginia if Virginia's not struggling by then. But I still think Virginia's a good team. I think they could – they could be 7-1 and one by the time they reach Miami. At Florida State, that's a loss. At Virginia Tech, maybe. Like, it's bad. And, then, you know, they got to finish off with Georgia. I mean, he'll be lucky if he can stop getting three wins and start getting four this season. So, he's got to blow out Western Carolina. He just has to. Yeah, absolutely. Agree with you there. And moving on to the final game, the 8 o'clock game on ACD Network, a game I hope to be in attendance for. Nick, we've talked about what's the most important for the ACC as a brand. We've talked about what's the most important, most exciting, all that fun stuff. 
But this is the most important game in the ACC this weekend from the, the scheme of the conference and the conference only. No outsider noise, just us ACC lovers. This is the most important game. We've got a Boston College team who quite literally, I don't know if you watched any of that game, Nick, or went back and watched the condensed game. If Boston College doesn't commit some stupid turnovers, some dumb penalty, like Boston College lost that game to, to Rutgers. Rutgers did not beat Boston College. So Boston College has to revenge themselves. Virginia Tech really didn't get beat by Old Dominion either. But on the flip side, Virginia Tech actually sucked <laughs> for most of that game. Whoever loses this game is probably not going bowling. Yeah. Like, this is a must-win for both teams. I would say that Boston College is the better team. But obviously, a night game in Lane Stadium is huge. If it is a rainy game, which there's a ch- they're calling for 80% chance of rain, and it's supposed to be 60 degrees, so it's going to be kind of chilly and rainy, that is not a good combo for your Virginia Tech. But even if you are, like it's just not good all around for both sides. Someone has to win the game. Lane Stadium could be a little bit quieter if the weather's not great. This is one of those, I don't know how I feel. Like I don't know who I have to win. Boston College is a two-and-a-half-point road underdog here. So I think for that reason, I'm going with the underdog. I've always been right with the underdog. I think it's a 50-50 game. I will say Virginia. I'll say Boston College wins. All right. But, I mean, this game, Nick, is it's do or die for both these teams' season, in my opinion. Because, again, like, we're talking about a Virginia Tech team that still has to host West Virginia. They don't beat BC this weekend. Do you really feel comfortable about them beating West Virginia at home after what we've seen West Virginia do already in Pittsburgh? Do we really think Virginia Tech is going to beat Miami or go on the road against North Carolina and win in Chapel Hill? Probably not. So this is one of those games you got to have it if you're Virginia Tech. But again, on the flip side for Boston College, you're in the you're in the stacked Atlantic this year. You can't beat Virginia Tech on the road. I don't think you're going to beat NC State on the road. I don't think you're going to beat Wake on the road. I don't think you're going to host Clemson and win that game, honestly. So you've got to pick and choose when you're going to get some wins, and this is one of those games that you've got to get a win. So it's a big one both ways. That's why I hope it's not too bad weather-wise because I do really want to be there for how much of an impact it has on the ACC standings. Yeah, I mean, this is do or die. I agree with you. Um, it's like this game is prob- minus Louisville, the two teams that we are most disappointed in. I'm a little bit more disappointed in Boston College from last week because you're right. They lost that game. Rutgers didn't win. We kind of sniffed out a little bit that Virginia Tech, with a new head coach, could lose to Old Dominion. A fired-up Old Dominion that's in a better conference right now um, and wanting to be 2-0 overall against Virginia Tech. Um, If Boston College is what we think they are when we started off this season, they should win this game. They should clean it up. They're better coached than that. They have a good quarterback. I 
I was hoping you would pick Virginia Tech to win, but I'm also picking Boston College to win this game. Um, I think Brent Pry has a lot on his plate. I think he's got to figure out a lot with this Virginia Tech team with and how he wants to uh, put this program back on the map. It's going to take a while. Uh, do we even know that he will last this year? I don't know. Like if Virginia Tech goes three and nine, four and eight, I don't know. It could be very, very bad, very bad. Um, but I'm going to stick with Boston College as my pick for this game because I still think they can be a decent Atlantic team. I think they could give Clemson a challenge when they go up to Chestnut Hill. Um, but it's got to start right here, right now. They got to clean up the mistakes and they have to go into Blacksburg and they got to show the ACC world like, hey, we can go into Blacksburg after having a embarrassing loss and win and we can compete. So I'm going to stick with Boston College uh, winning this game outright. Before we wrap this up, Nick, I want to continue to a fun, just try to keep it a little bit more fun, be a little more creative here on the pod. If I gave you this choice, you can only watch, I'm assuming we're both in agreement that the pit and the game we most want to watch this weekend in the ACC. If I gave you that you could only watch Pitt and Tennessee, like of the AC games, obviously you can watch any games. You can only watch Pitt, Tennessee. You can only watch the field. Watch the opposite. So obviously for Pitt, Tennessee, you cannot watch any game. If you get the field, you cannot watch Pitt versus Tennessee. Which would you take? But I can still watch other football games. Okay, if you want to watch Texas, Alabama, you psychopath, you can. Well, I also want to watch Baylor BYU. So that's true. That's true. And uh, an eleven o'clock sleeper, baby. Arizona, Mississippi State's gonna be fun. I know you're a Mississippi State guy now, Nick. NC State, Mississippi State are like butt buddies, but that's gonna be a I good one too. Lately, we've been butt buddies with both Mississippi teams and by both I'm also talking about Ole Miss because Dave Doran and Lane Kiffin are like buddies so true I, I, I like the Mississippi teams a lot uh, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely taking oh Cyclone Bowl too that's going to be a fun one um, true I, I'm so taking Pitt and Tennessee like are you kidding me I'd rather watch just them than the rest like I might be a little sad that I won't watch Wake Vanderbilt because I think that'll be an interesting fun game and maybe Boston College Virginia Tech to see who really is going to be the loser of this season but I mean that's the highlight of this slate I'd much rather watch just Tennessee Pitt than the rest like I know NC State will win I know Furman will or I mean Clemson will win um the other games could be very boring so I'm taking Tennessee Pitt over the rest of the slate. I'm disappointed in you. That's why yes, I asked the question, you, though, because I, you, oh I my knew. God. How could you say that? How could you set me up like that? Because you know, deep down in your heart, you'd rather watch this game than the rest of the slate. A, Nick, because you Nick, hate Tennessee. Nick, I'm B, a big. Because you want Pitt to win this game so bad. Nick, I am an appetizer guy, not an entree guy. Give me all of the delicious appetizers today. 
or not today, but this weekend. Give me Louisville UCF on Friday night. Give me no. Duke Northwestern on Saturday. No, Give me Wake Bandy on Saturday. Give me Virginia, Illinois. Give me Boston College, Virginia Tech. Uh, One of two things happens, Nick, in that Tennessee game. I get what I want, but I missed a lot of good ACC football games. Or I have to listen to my girlfriend and all my Tennessee friends tell me how great Tennessee is, even more than they already do, and I missed a lot of good ACC games. I want I want to go to the the buffet. I don't need the flame and yawn, my guy. Give me the golden corral. Give me your crappy chicken penne. I don't care, man. Give me that variety. I want mashed potatoes and sweet potato casserole. Give me disgusting. Give me the golden corral over Ruth's steakhouse today or this weekend, baby. Give it to me. Yeah, and your chocolate fountain is going to be a terrible Boston College, Virginia Tech game for dessert. Hey, at least my wallet will walk along a little happier knowing, but obviously now I'm getting hungry, so all great. Right, all right, Minus, all right take, real quick, take your girlfriend out of the situation hearing about how Tennessee is back. If that weren't in the equation. Nope, nope. You, I, would still... I know you're lying. You have to be lying. Well, part of the reason, Nick, you have to think about this. Your team's playing a dog shit FCS team. My yeah, team's got an important game. Why would I give up my team's important game if this was NC State, Illinois, and they're a four-point dog? You're telling me you're not going to watch your team play so you can watch Tennessee and Pitt? Well, if... Exactly, the exactly, exactly. Is that I think Virginia is actually going to beat the hell out of Illinois Great. for like three quarters. Great, you don't want to watch your team beat the hell out of a, a Power 5 team then? Yes, I do. Exactly. So regardless of what happens in that game, I would want to watch that. And it's also quite literally at the exact same time. <laughs> so... Okay, so, so if Virginia is playing Charleston Southern and you're a Florida I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Dude, Pitt and Tennessee is not that great of a game. It's a good game. It's the best game we've got. What? We've, dude, LSU and Florida State was a better game than what this Pitt-Tennessee game is. You can't tell me that's not true. But of what happened the last year, aren't you at least bit more intrigued? Like, I'm more excited for this game this year than I am of last year's. Sure. Remember last year's Boston College-Virginia Tech game? That was no, pretty intriguing. Well, it was a pretty damn good game on a Friday night. Well, now they both stink, especially Virginia Tech. When was the last time Duke and Northwestern were both 1-0? and That's exciting. See, now, now, now you lost it. No, now you lost it because now psychopath Micah, who thinks Duke Northwestern is so great, now, now you lost it. It's not better. It's not. It's not better than Tennessee. It's not better than Tennessee and Pitt. But you're giving me more to watch. Uh, if you told me that I could sit down at three thirty and the only AC game I can watch is Tennessee and Pitt. That game's not that great. It's a good game. It's the best one we have in the conference this weekend because we don't have any 
giant ticket items. But this isn't, if this was the backyard brawl, Nick, I would be on your side. If this was West Virginia versus Virginia Tech, I would be on your side. But this is not a rivalry game that actually matters. It's just a classic that they call because of the coach of a coach that was a legend at both. It's right. honestly no no disrespect, but this game would be a lot more fun if it was in Knoxville again. It would be a lot. That's for damn sure. I would I much rather be on that this year. This year. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be. But we just saw Pitt at its pinnacle this past weekend. So it's only going to be a, a, a step back from there. And I, again, I have a bunch of really, really good games. There's no great game on my slate. But for the importance of the ACC with BC Virginia Tech, Wanting to see what Duke is. Wanting to see what Wake is with Sam Hartman again. And how they'll handle this kind of up-and-coming SEC team. Seeing what it would take. You know, again, North Carolina, Georgia State could be fireworks. We might get another version of what we saw in App this past weekend, Nick. Does that not excite you? I think I would be on your side if... BC and Virginia Tech were 1-0, and if Louisville didn't get shellacked by Syracuse, then Dude, I, I think I'd be on your side. I think that because they're both 0-1, it makes it even more intriguing. It's not a better game, but it makes it more intriguing because now it's really do or die. If BC Virginia Tech are playing at both 1-0, that game does not matter. They lose, their season's not looking like it's over. Where now, loser, season is pretty much on the ropes. Yeah, but on the contrary, if winner of 1-0 versus 1-0... Winner's not doing anything. You can't tell me the winner of BC Virginia Tech would make you go, yeah, they're winning the Atlantic, or oh yeah, they're winning the Coastal. No, but it can make me uh, think that they could be. But they're gonna go. They're gonna go. Both those teams could be that without winning this game. Like I being a thorn in the side is not enticing. Whoever comes out zero and two won't be a thorn in anybody's side. You're you're right, but we're gonna. The idea of eliminating over just oh yeah, like the winner of this game will be a thorn in the side either way. Now at least the loser is completely eliminated. In our logic. You get so much more value out of it. Plus, can you imagine Virginia Tech Twitter if they start 0-2? Losing to two teams they were favorited against? Like, talk about a meltdown, man. Like, I know it's coming from a Virginia fan, but I, I enjoy Twitter meltdowns regardless of team. It could literally be Virginia fans melting down. It's hilarious to me. But... Because like, I'm serious about my team, but not that serious. Like, yeah, no, I would take, like, there are, like, it would have to be a, again, Clemson versus Florida State. I would take Clemson, Florida State over the field. Again, backyard brawl. I would take it. Pitt, West Virginia, or excuse me, Pitt, Virginia, sorry. What Virginia Tech versus West Virginia, I would take. But it's Tennessee and Pitt. It's not. A rivalry game. It's not even in the best atmosphere it could be played in. 
And that's not a disrespect to Pitt. It's just Neyland Stadium is one of the best places for college football. Plain and simple. Tennessee, so but I can admit when things are great. Your decision, after saying that this game could is so big, SEC versus ACC in the beginning of the podcast, now you're saying because of atmosphere and your Tennessee friends annoying you that you're picking the slate. Yes, they get more fucking good games for Christmas. Do you want the bike or do you want 10 awesome presents? Give me the 10 awesome presents. Yes, but they're not awesome. Louisville, UCF, I think that's going to stink. Miami's going to blow out Southern Miss. Duke Northwestern is going to be a snooze. There's a good chance that Pitt, Tennessee stinks. Pitt, Tennessee is one of the highest spreads in the ACC this weekend of the FBS versus FBS games. The highest spreads? One of the highest spreads. At six. That's not one of the highest spreads. Yes, it is. Look at the spreads, Nick. We've got literally in the ACC this weekend. Why is my thing all scripted? That you want to watch spreads of Syracuse and UConn, Southern Miss and Miami, and State and UCF and Louisville. I just said FBS versus FBS. I didn't say FBS versus FCS. We've got closer spreads with literally Virginia, Illinois. We've got it closer with Virginia Tech and Boston College. We've got it closer with UNC and Georgia State in most books. That's three games. I know that. I'm saying, though, there's a chance. Dude, why would you? Nick. Nick, I'm, we're going to go to dinner, and next time we go to dinner, you're only allowed to get the burger. You can't get the fries. You can't get the milkshake. You can't get a drink. You can only get the burger. The burger is the best damn part of the meal, right? Always is. But I want everything. Give me everything. I would rather get a chicken wrap with fries and a milkshake and a soda. Yeah, but this meal has a fantastic burger, which, by the way— It's not that Fantastic! Had- it's Pitt, Tennessee. Way, when we went out to dinner, I only got a burger. I didn't get anything else. I actually I got some fruit. But anyway, I think you're overhyping the fries and milkshake. I think you're overhyping Pitt, Tennessee. The worst fast food fries and a mediocre milkshake that I can it's, make at home. It's Pitt, Tennessee, dude. What are you getting, a Whopper Junior? It's not that great of a fucking game. <laughs> yeah, but it looks. Fan fucking tastic, like a five star burger compared to the rest of the slate. I would rather the Oreo chocolate milkshake from Burger King right about now, with my fries, with my crappy single cheeseburger, than I would having just your giant Whopper Junior only, no drink, no fries, no chicken tendies. With this slate and this Pitt Tennessee game, you are sleeping on this slate. Burger with Gross. fries you can think of and a mediocre milkshake. Fine. That's what I think. Fine. Fine. You have fun with that shit that you're about to take with your double in and out burger. I'll enjoy my fries, milkshake, and some tendies. Yeah, well, have fun uh, sitting on the toilet when it all catches up to you because it is garbage. I can't believe you'd want one game. See, that's the difference between you and I. I love college football. I care about these small schools unlike somebody, I guess. So, you know, I hope you enjoy your 24 versus 17. I'm glad that gets you so excited to give up the rest of the college football slate when 
there's actual good games. Like if this was all FCS weekend, fine. I would hear out this debate. We've got multiple Power 5 matchups in the ACC. I don't care if it's Vanderbilt and Wake Forest. Because based on that logic, man, then you're not a Wake Forest guy because you're shitting on Wake, what Wake Forest is. Because based on branding, oh, okay. you're right. It means it nothing. Too far. No, because you're telling me that those games don't matter because it's crappier brands. No, Wake Vanderbilt is fine. I, I said that's the only thing that's keeping me wanting to take the slate. But other than Wake Vanderbilt, which I did say, everything else looks like garbage. Like, I'm last sorry, I checked, Georgia Tech, last, last I checked. Carolina, Syracuse, UConn, State, Charleston, Southern, Clemson, Furman, Miami, Southern Miss, hell, UCF, Louisville. That is like they forgot your fries, bro. Dude, like, I'm, ordered, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to know that you're willing to put all your – I'm glad to know you're willing to put all your eggs in a basket on an ACC team that's a six-point dog. I'm, I'm glad you're willing to put your eggs in that basket because there's a damn good chance, man, Pitt gets killed. There's a, there's a chance that that happens. We don't want to talk about it, but there's a chance. And now you've wasted your entire day watching that game where I've gotten to kick up on the couch, watch AC football from noon until midnight, watching games that also matter for our conference, matter for our brand. Like... Yes, the Pitt-Tennessee game matters for the ACSEC logic, but part of the reason why it matters is because we all know that Georgia Tech's going to get killed against Ole Miss in a couple weeks. We all know that Louisville's probably not going to beat Kentucky at this moment in time. We probably aren't feeling great about Florida State-Florida because Florida looks pretty damn good. We know Georgia Tech's going to get killed by Georgia, so we kind of need this one. But I don't care about having that brand SEC thing as much as I care about being able to see the wide variety of what the ACC is. I want to see everything about this conference. I want to see good football games. Yes, there are a lot of crappy ones, Nick. But guess what? I have the options to not watch those games. You can't watch those games. I can choose whether I turn that game on or not. You can't put it on. You can only turn on one game on the ACC, and that's it. I can have five screens. Like, I hope that Georgia State-UNC is close this weekend, and I'm going to text you saying you can't put that game on. You're not allowed to put it on. Because you said you don't want to watch that one. You would rather take Tennessee and Pitt, and that's all you can watch. Because that's, that's what you're putting yourself against. Any game that's close in the ACC that's not Pitt-Tennessee, you can't watch. I would rather, knowing that the Pitt-Tennessee game can be close, be strapped from that one game and that one game only. Because if there's four other good games that happen in the ACC, at least I got four out of five. You got one out of five. So, I'll die on that hill any day of the week. I'm glad I brought this up. That made this really fun. We had one of our best debates in a long time, honestly. Off yeah, of a fun a little question. Something like this. So, anyways, with that being said, we've talked a long time. We've both chewed each other out. We also put the explicit E on this one because I'm pretty sure I said the F-bomb like three times. Um, yeah. Nick, it's going to be a fun one. Maybe not as fun for you as it will be for me as I enjoy all my ACC games. I'll enjoy my soggy fries and milkshake. Hope you enjoy your Whopper or your Double Double. By the way, In-N-Out is trash. So I don't even know why you're that pumped about In-N-Out, but I have another take I'll have to talk about later because you're a California guy who probably loves that damn place. Whataburger's better. Hashtag Team Texas. But no. oh, I'd rather have a cookout double than I have a In-N-Out double, but... I digress. Animal style is disgusting. But anyways, that being said, 
I really pissed off the Pac-12 enough today. <laughs> it means just a little bit less in AC country, unless your name is Micah or Nick. In that case, we care way too much to the point where we're threatening to kill each other, basically, over who watches what games. That shouldn't even matter. Nick, I appreciate the fun conversation and debate as always. Anything else you want to say to the listeners? If not, send us off. Uh, it should be a fun weekend. I'm uh, interested to see what happens. I think we're going to get a clear ver- vision on a lot of teams this year. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, this week. Um, we Which Nick won't be watching, but well, that's okay. Uh, not in reality. But <laughs> uh, we'll see, like, potentially who will be eliminated, who we can kind of write off as their season's done. And uh, get excited about some other teams as the season progresses. So uh, I, I can't believe we are already in week two. Like week went, one went by so fast. I guess that's because of Monday. And we recorded Tuesday. And now we're, we have a game tomorrow. So um, that's all I got. I can't wait for week two. Uh, it just means a little bit less, man. And before we go, if you are in the Winston-Salem area, if you're going to be like me, who actually enjoys every ACC game this weekend, highly recommend hitting up Dioli's Italian Market. Get that breakfast sub. I believe that's what it was, Nick, if that's correct, or a breakfast sandwich. Uh, get it with the – was it a spicy sausage? Is that what you gave me? Yeah. Nick gave me a delicious breakfast sandwich. Strongly recommend. Then get the chicken parm sandwich for lunch. That thing was delicious. Put in the oven for about five to ten minutes. Toast the bread back up. Always fresh. So if you're in that Winston-Salem area, want to enjoy a good old Wake Forest Vandy and then maybe move on to Pitt, Tennessee, or in my case, Virginia, Illinois, cannot recommend Italian, excuse me, the always Italian market. Nick will probably be there making your sub fresh for you. So we'll have the game on. There you go. Have the game on. I mean, delicious bites. I mean, so at the bare minimum, it might mean last in AC country, but your belly will appreciate you. So as always... Go check out the always tie-in market. Go ACC. And Nick, we'll talk again on Sunday. Sounds good, man. We'll talk again on Sunday. All right. Go ACC.